Welcome, everybody. I am so glad that you're joining us, especially today, because we are kicking off a brand new series of messages on the New Testament book of James called Real Faith for Real Life. And for the next five weeks, we're going to be walking chapter by chapter through this uh, incredibly practical book from the New Testament. And and the reason I'm excited about going through the book of James is not just because of how practical it is, but just how relevant it is for what we are going through right now. Because see, James, the, the brother of Jesus and the lead pastor of the very first Christian church in Jerusalem, uh, was writing this book as a letter uh, to a group of Jewish Christians that had been a part of his church in Jerusalem, but were now scattered throughout the world. As a result of persecution, many in the Jerusalem church had to kind of uh, run for their lives. They scattered all over the place. And for most of them, their lives had been turned completely upside down. It just changed everything in their lives almost in an instant. And while some of them had uh, sort of landed on their feet and were doing okay, uh, some of them had just been completely overwhelmed by this change. And I think that's similar to the effect this pandemic is having on us as a church, as a community, and even as a country. You know, over the last two months, you know, I've heard over and over, we're in this together. We're all in the same boat. But in truth, that's not the case. The case is that, yes, we are all going through this storm together, but we are definitely not all in the same boat. There are uh, different impacts in different ways, and some are way more affected negatively. Some are actually even seeing some positive effects as a result of this. And so I think uh, that's what was going on with the people that James was writing to, and that's what's going on with us as well. We also uh, chose James not only because it's relevant, but it's just a straightforward book about your faith. James just sort of cuts right to the chase. Uh, he's sort of the king of the uh, gut punch one-liner when it comes to our faith in Jesus. You know, James says just clear, simple truths like be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, right? That, that's pretty clear. James just said, you know, he says, faith without works is dead, right? No wiggle room there. It's straight to the point. And the reason James is writing that way is not because he's in a bad mood or he's a mean guy or doesn't have any tenderness to him. He writes that way because that's what you need in a crisis. You don't need a lot of high-minded, fluffy, religious, academic ideals when you're going through a crisis. You need a faith that works. And that's what James is all about. Real faith for real life. You know, he wastes no time getting to the point. And in chapter one, the first thing James tells us about tough times is that they can create a deeper faith. Tough times can create a deeper faith. You know, in James' day, just like in our day, a a lot of Christians had this idea in their mind that following Jesus would make their life easier, 
smoother. Like, you know, the closer they got the more uh, to Jesus, the more their faith grew, uh, the easier their life would become. But James lets us know right out of the gate that faith in Jesus is not the antidote to trials. In fact, he wants us to know that trials are often the recipe for developing faith. Look at what he says in verses two through four. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Wow, why would you want or why would you want to have joy or experience joy when you're going through a trial? Look at what he says. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And so he says, let that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The key word in that passage is that word testing. Uh, the word was used to describe the process of purifying silver. The silversmiths in the first century would, would put uh, silver ore in, in a big pot and they would heat up a fire. And the hotter they got it at a certain temperature, the, the impurities would separate from the silver and kind of float to the top. And this these impurities, this dross would be scooped off but it wasn't a one and done. They would reheat it over and over and over. And each time, more and more impurities would float to the top and be separated from the silver. And the goal, the standard for the silversmith was to be able to look into the pot and see his reflection in the silver. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what God is looking for in us that through these trials to remove these impurities, to mature us, to make us whole and complete so that we would be more like Jesus, so that he could see his reflection in us. Listen, I don't know what tough time or trial you're going through right now, but I do know this. God wants to use it to make you more like Jesus. You know, the second thing, um, James wants us to know about tough times is not only do they create a deeper faith, not only do they make us more like Jesus, but he also wants us to know that God is with us in the tough times. God is with us when we go through these tough times. You know, it's interesting right after James tells us that God uses trials to refine us, he also wants us to know that during those trials, God is available to us. Notice verse five. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And when you ask for that wisdom, James says, it will be given to you. In other words, God's right there. Reach out, ask him. You know, it's kind of interesting that James would say, when you're going through a trial, ask God for wisdom. You know, because most of the time we think, yeah, ask God for strength to get me through the trial or, or ask God for comfort during that trial. But why would James say, ask God for wisdom when you're going through tough times? Well, it's because our goal is not just to get through the tough times, not just to survive the trials, but to be different on the other side of those trials, to be a different person coming out of the tunnel than you were 
going in. And wisdom is the best tool to get us there. Ask God to give you the wisdom to see what is he trying to change? What is he trying to sandpaper off? What is he trying to develop more of in you? Ask God to give you the wisdom to know how to respond, how to react, how to interact with the people around you. Ask God for wisdom because that's what you need to be transformed by the tough times in your life. James says, but look, it's not just asking God for wisdom, not just asking God to give you advice in the tough times. He says, you gotta be willing to take that advice. You gotta take what God says and you gotta put it into practice. Notice verse six. James says, when you ask, when you ask God for wisdom, you must believe and not doubt. Why? Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. See, most of us, we're willing to ask God for wisdom, especially in a trial. We want to know what God wants us to do. The problem is we often treat God's wisdom like it's one option among many. Sure, we want to know what God says, but we also want to know what the latest self-help book says or, or what our friends say or what our favorite internet preacher says we ought to do in these situations in life. And James says, that's not a good idea. Because if you do that, if you just treat what God tells you, what his word and his wisdom says, as just one option among many, you'll be like a wave on the sea. You'll just be tossed about. You'll, you'll be controlled by your external circumstances. So if you're feeling tossed about by this pandemic or, or just by life in general, if you feel like you kind of don't know where you're going and don't know what direction and you're just kind of beat and buffeted by the circumstances of your life, maybe, I, I don't know, but just maybe it might be because you're just trying to get through that tough time instead of seeking God's wisdom to guide you through that tough time. And then finally, I think the third thing James wants us to know about these tough times we go through in life is that temptations often come along with them, that temptations often accompany tough times. Kind of interesting towards the end of chapter one, uh, of James, he, he sort of makes like a huge subject shift. He, you know, he's talking about trials and then all of a sudden he throws in this random little passage about temptations. The reason James does that is not because he's got ADD, not because he can't focus. It's because trials and temptations are all part of the same struggle. See the trials around you many times raise up temptations within you. Look at what James says, verses 13 and 14. He says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. So where do they come from? Look at what James says. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Did you catch that? James wants us to know that, yes, the trials going on around you, the things happening outside of you, God is in that. Sometimes maybe even God is allowing it. Sometimes 
He may even be causing it, but he is not a part of the temptations. Those are coming up within you, these desires that you have within you. And James says, God's not a part of that. That's not coming from God. Not only does James want us to know that temptation is an inside job, but he wants us to know that these temptations, they accompany these trials. I think most of us recognize that, right? When you're going through a tough time, when, when you're hurting, you, you want to seek relief, you, you, temporary relief. Just get a, give me a break. You know, I've, I'm going through this hard time. I, I deserve a little pleasure. I deserve a little relief. And that's why it's so easy sometimes when you're hurting to, to self-medicate, whatever that is for you, of food or alcohol or drugs or, or sex. You know, we just, I deserve a break. The problem with that is that short-term relief you go for often has long-term consequences. It often does a lot more damage than the relief it provides. I think the second thing we need to understand about temptations is that they are always counterfeit. That's what temptations are. There are counterfeit ways to meet legitimate God-given needs in your life. That's why James uses that word lure, to lure you away. You know, when I think about a lure, I I think about a fishing lure. You know, whether it's a worm or a, a plastic minnow. And the thing that lures all have in common is that they're made to look like the real thing. And the more like the real thing they look, the more effective they are. The problem is when you go for them, when you go for that lure, when you go for that counterfeit means of meeting needs and seeking relief, once you bite it, you find out not only is it not the real thing, not only is it fake, but it's got a big hook in it. And I think many of us sitting here today have have stories and scars from the times that we sought relief in things that weren't from God, that we tried to alleviate the struggle and the pain on our own instead of allowing God to guide us, to lead us, and to mold and shape us in that pain, in that difficult circumstance. Look, I I don't know the trials you're dealing with, I don't know the tough times this pandemic and the quarantine is is creating in your life, but I do know this. I know God can use it. He can use it to make you more like Jesus. But you got to be willing to seek his wisdom. You got to be willing not to give in to that counterfeit temptation and to trust God through the tough times in your life. And when you do, James says it's worth every bit of it. Notice what he says, verse 12, blessed. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Why? Because having stood that test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I know that's what I want in my life and that's what I want in your life as well. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for this great book of James, and I thank you for this journey that we're undertaking, that you speak right into the issues that we are dealing with through your word. 
I thank you that your, your word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, that it cuts right to the quick of the stuff that we're dealing with, that it is so relevant and practical. And so God, I pray you would give us the courage not just to seek your wisdom, but to follow your advice, to put into practice these truths that you have given us so miraculously in this book of James. And Father, I pray for those today who are hurting, those whose uh, whole life has been turned upside down by this pandemic. I pray for those who are dealing with difficult situations, not as a result of the pandemic, but, but just the pain of life because life hasn't stopped just because we're uh, quarantined. And so Lord, I lift them up to you. I pray that you would comfort them. I pray that you would also guide them with your wisdom and that you would mold and shape all of us so that when you look at our lives, you see more and more of your reflection in the way we live and the way we love. In Jesus' name, amen.